0: A billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath The planets form And if the stars amaze made to worship so light I can see your heart Don't speak in vain, no syllable empty. The stars are made to worship so
1: Good morning, my name is Dave Munsinger, I'm the pastor of Care and Counseling at Cypress Bible Church. I'm so glad that you've tuned in to worship with us today. Today is Mother's Day, May 10th, and today is a great day to celebrate our mothers, to remember our mothers well, and to give thanks to God for our mothers and for the gift of motherhood. I know today I'll be sharing stories about my mom and I'll be encouraging my kids to communicate well to their mom how much they love her and appreciate her. We'll be getting our worship in just a few moments. Here at Cypress Bible Church, our three core values is that we gather in life-changing worship, we grow in God's life-changing truth, and we go in life-changing mission. And so we're so glad that you're here to worship with us today. Today's sermon is a continuation of last week's sermon uh, from 1 Peter. The topic will be on love, And so what a perfect topic for us to consider on Mother's Day is how the gospel leads us to love well. And so I'd like to call us to worship, and our call for, for worship today is from Psalm 91 and from Romans 10. So let us prepare our hearts to worship the living God. Let us worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. For he is our refuge and our fortress. In our God we will trust. For surely he will save us from deadly pestilence and he will cover us with his faithfulness. For if we declare with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For all who believe in Christ will never be put to shame for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let us worship the Lord calling upon his name and rejoice in our salvation.
2: Lord God, we love because you first loved us. Lord, help us to respond in worship and thanksgiving and gratitude. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds, his hands, his feet My Savior wrong that cursed tree His body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah dead, and all. is the lord and most worthy of praise his greatness no one can fathom one generation commends your works to another they tell of your mighty acts they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and i will meditate on your wonderful works they tell of the power of your awesome works and i will proclaim your great deeds they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness.
3: Svensson, the Go Pastor, I uh, wanted to tell you about a new partnership that we've started with Africa for Christ. Uh, we've adopted a village in South Africa uh, called Motherwell. And, and as we've started this partnership, I, I just wanted you to, to hear God's timing in all of this and how perfect it is. And uh, it's amazing to see how God works. Uh, recently, we, we've just sent them their, their first partnership uh, funds. And so we sent a whole quarter because it was easier because of the, the wire transfer and it saved us some money. Uh, but little did we know God was at work in that and the timing of receiving those
1: funds uh, was perfect. So I wanted you to hear a testimony from Jeremy Sieberhagen from Africa for Christ. Hi,
4: CBC. Uh, I just wanted to report um, just what an incredible um, miracle uh, your partnership has been. Um, the timing has really been something we could never have imagined uh, to work out in this way. Um, Tony and the missions uh, guys confirmed with us and and sent across the first funds I think it was the first week of April and exactly at that time was when the whole country had been put on lockdown and um, as as the funding came and the partnership has begun uh, it has been just the most incredible moment because right at that time is when um, you know, you guys talk about, uh, you know, you're up to 10% unemployment now. I think we're at something like 60% unemployment and, and people just in absolute crisis, particularly in the, um, in the poor areas where our whole focus is, is at the moment. So we immediately were able to dive into to food parcels, into soup kitchens, and it's gone beyond what I could have imagined because my guys have actually created four soup kitchens. I had spoken to them about us doing one, maybe three times a week. And it's unbelievable. They they have now stretched it to four soup kitchens, two of them, on a daily basis. And what's happened is it's a classic, um, you know, five, five loaves and, and two fish because... Uh, through your support, we got we got the wheels rolling, we were doing these soup kitchens, and then they started going to these supermarkets and um, uh, large businesses around, and started getting hundreds of loaves of bread, um, flour, all kinds of stuff donated, vegetables um, from farmers, and um, suddenly they've been able to to start giving on a daily basis um, having uh, with the knowledge that they've got the foundational support from you guys as a church. So it's just been an incredible um, opportunity, timing, and we are seeing the grace of God and a great breakthrough in relationships, um, even with leaders of the community, but also with the, the average person. So um, be blessed and know that uh, it's been an incredible uh, moment that God is using right now in our partnership with you guys.
5: Jeremy and uh, what uh, is being accomplished in our partnership with that village, Motherwell. And uh, we will continue to uh, support as God uh, uh, provides for us to do so. And uh, we On this Mother's Day, I pray for God's best for our mothers as well. Uh, Before I lead us in prayer, uh, I want to make an announcement uh, to let you know that our elders have set June 7th, Sunday, June 7th, as a target uh, to open uh, CBC for public worship. Now, I want to make clear that's not an absolute date Uh, We're not going to happen any earlier than that, but uh, circumstances could change that postpone that opening, but it's a target right now of June 7th. And when we do open, we'll have two services, 9.30 and 11, but no other programming, no coffee, no classes, no nursery, and we'll still live stream our service as well. Now, before June 7th comes around, we will uh, publish uh, guidelines for those who want to attend, and uh, these would include whatever recommendations are important at that moment, limits to seating and uh, seating arrangements and so forth. So uh, we'll make you aware of those. Uh, There have been people for these last uh, many weeks uh, begging me to just be able to come and sit in the back somewhere. Well, for those of you who are anxious to do that, we trust that uh, June 7th will make that a possibility. And if you are vulnerable, due to age or underlying health conditions or you have vulnerable family members, uh, we ask that you continue to stay home and participate via live stream. Right now, would you join me as I pray? Lord God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, we honor you as Lord over all. Uh, Please, God, accept our worship today. May it be acceptable in your sight uh, as we worship you, as we focus on you from many different places and locations, Lord, may we be joined together in, in spirit uh, by the the bonds of Jesus Christ, Lord, I want to thank you for mothers today. Uh, I want to thank you for the, the gift of of motherhood and for the uh, just the the joy it is to uh, see your love displayed in and through them uh, Lord, I pray for moms who are under stress today, maybe like never before, as they do things maybe like homeschool their children, which wasn't something they signed up for, Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would encourage them right now. May they lean on you as never before. May the family come around and and do their part in in sharing the burden and the load. Uh, Lord, may you be the source of joy and strength for every one of us. Uh, be honored as we worship you in song and in word and may we go forth in deed and uh, accomplish your will by the power of your spirit and we pray all of this in the name of jesus christ our glorious savior amen
2: Song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Breathe. We live for you.
3: pastor evan here i'm missing you guys this morning but hope you're getting to worship with your family today pretty empty right now but we know that there's still lots of great things going on you know i'm pretty sure most of y'all haven't got a chance to go to my office but i'll show you it right now so here's my office all the way the last one on the right so i'm excited i get to share with y'all today what is that what is my bandana doing here And what is under that? Dum-dums? What are all those dum-dums doing on the ground? Do y'all know? You know, I might have a few suspects in my office that I need to interview. See, there are a few monkeys in my office that like to get into mischief sometimes. Forest is a little mischievous, but not too nasty. Next up, we've got George. George is pretty curious most of the time. Then I've also got Apity. Eppity is an ape, not a monkey, but he does get into mischief sometimes. Also got Saki. Saki does like to get his hands into things. Then we've got Mr. Mischief. He often does cause problems. And we've also got someone that you probably recognize. A boo. Which one of the suspects y'all think it was on the count of three i need you to point to the person i'm sorry the monkey that put all those dum-dums down and covered it up with a bandana okay on the count of three ready One, two, three. Oh no it was you forrest why did you do it everyone's pointing at you
6: Oh, I was just so hungry for dum-dums, and then I spilled them everywhere and got afraid, so I covered them up with a bandana, because I thought it was like that Bible verse, love covers up all sins, and so I thought, well, maybe a bandana can do the job as well. Oh, I'm just so embarrassed.
3: Forrest, that's not what that verse means. You see, we don't get to cover up the bad things we did and pretend like they didn't happen. But instead, when we love someone, we can look past all the things that they've done. We can help them know what it means to be loved and help them know God's love. I forgive you for trying to steal all those dum-dums and spilling them everywhere.
6: Oh, thank you so much.
3: You know, it feels so nice to be loved and to be forgiven. In fact, I have a song about that verse that I can sing and teach y'all. Above all Love each other deeply, cause love covers over a multitude of sins above all. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. All right, get your grumbling voices ready. We all know how to have had a grumble. <laughs> Love because of the love of Jesus. We all struggle with sin and need to be forgiven. So we all need to love and forgive because God has loved and forgiven us. sins above all All offer hospitality to one another without grumbling say the verse with me first peter y'all for joining me and my monkey friends for a little bit today. They're about to go take their monkey nap. So I hope you guys get a chance to maybe play with some of your toys and maybe you act out that Bible verse or another Bible story. Remember, we are covered and wrapped up in the love of God because of Jesus, because he paid for our sins on the cross and rose again. So the love that God has shown us, we need to show to each other. See y'all later. Bye-bye.
5: Praise be to the Lord. Well, many of you will remember what happened around the turn of the millennium, about 21 years ago. People began to get pretty excited and concerned about the change from 1999 to 2000. Concerns about computer crashes and uh, chaos breaking out. Um, And I I was at the time living in a uh, suburb of Chicago. And um, the town council said we needed to have an emergency preparedness team, a response team. And so uh, I was in a meeting with the the village president and the police chief and the fire chief. And we began to talk about, well, what should we do? How should we be prepared if anything happened on uh, December 31st at midnight? And uh, there were some very reasonable, I think, very good ideas rational responses to just how to protect the public uh, if that happened. And, and as you know, very little, nothing in our community happened, and very little did transpire. It wasn't the end of the world. I I was, in contrast to those uh, leaders uh, civic leaders I, I was concerned about the response of many christians during that time and, and, and just one example a guy i respect very highly uh knows uh the bible well uh follower of jesus leader in the church and uh he said you know if somebody comes uh banging on my door at midnight on december 31st you know what's gonna happen i said what he said i'm gonna shoot first and ask questions later i thought he was kidding i, I said no he was serious and I said, How could you do that? I said, What if I came banging on your door at midnight on December 31st? And he said, Well, you've been warned. Well,. Hardly the response that the Bible calls us to in stressful times, difficult times, but we began our study last week of a, of a section of Scripture, First Peter 4, 7 to 11. It's a complete unit of thought. It talks about how to live for the end, and, and that end being the day when Jesus comes to rescue his people and to begin the end times to judge the world. How do we live in Preparation for that day in light of that day, well, uh, we began last week with verse seven, the first part of that section, uh, which said the the end of all things is near, therefore be clear minded and self controlled so that you can pray um, so uh, what we learned last week was not to go crazy. I mean, that's what those verses talk about. Not to go to extremes. Not certainly to do violence. That was part of what we saw in that passage. Rather, uh, rather than living for self, turn your attention to God. Uh, Focus on Him. Now we want to go to the next verse then, this morning, and that's verse 8 of this passage that says, above all, love each other deeply. So, in contrast to what is happening, all the other things that we'll do, above all, here's the priority, love, love. It's a word that gets talked about a lot. I was fascinated. I, I read a, a script of a documentary uh, this week. Uh, the documentary is called Liberated, and it, uh, it's about young adults in this hookup culture that we live in today. Um, and, and so they asked they ask some kids, you know, what is love? some of these college students, uh, they were following them on spring break and and asked, what is love? And and one of those college students, a guy, said, love is not real. It's like this fictitious thing society invents so you can have sex. A girl said, our generation has given up on love. I was fascinated by that. Another guy said, love doesn't exist, not anymore. And a girl agreed. She said, not anymore, not at all. So whatever they think love is, it doesn't exist, uh, however they define it. So it's important that we understand what love is. And and by the way, as the Bible describes it, it's not primarily an emotion. Love is not. In fact, the word that's used here and throughout the New Testament is agapao, or agape. And it's a decision of the will that leads to sacrificial action for the good of another. What a what a great definition of love and, and how very much like a mother's love. I, I was reading just this morning in my devotions an ancient church father who talked about how a, a mother's love is, is one of the greatest expressions of, of how much God loves us. And, and that's what this kind of love is that we have defined in Scripture. It's love that costs a decision that you make, not primarily emotion. It's something you, if you wait to feel love, then you're never going to be obedient to God, not, not very often. Rather, instead, it's an intentionality where I sacrifice something. It cost me something for the good of someone else. That's the love that God calls us to do. Uh, and uh, of course, that's what God Demonstrated The love he demonstrated, one of the most famous verses ever, John three sixteen. God so loved, Agapao, the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's love expressed itself, a decision of the will to sacrifice for the good of us, that all who believe would be saved, forgiven of our sin. Now, this verse here, when First Peter 4, 8 it says, above all, love each other deeply. And, and so I, I want you to just grapple with that word deeply for a moment. It means to strain, it means to stretch. And so it's something that's not easy to do. It, it strains, love does. This kind of love, you decide, I'm going to stretch and strain in love. That's the love that God calls us to. And, and while this word is used throughout, I mean, this is a, a love that God calls us to, to love our neighbor uh, as ourselves, uh, to, to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It, it's a love that it's called to even love our enemies. And so here, though, uh, Peter says, above all, love each other deeply each other so here in these end days yes we need to love all as the 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 bible commands but there's this special emphasis on loving each other those that you're in quarantine with right now those in that office uh that that you're that you're working with those in your small group those that you're connected with why this call to love well verse 8 says this above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins Love covers a multitude of sins. Now understand, me loving you doesn't cover my sins. Me loving you doesn't get rid of your sins. That's not what this means at all. Uh, uh, Sin can only be removed by the blood of Jesus. Only through Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, faith in him, can sin be not merely covered over, but cleansed, wiped clean. So what is this about? Well, this is about the faults, the failures, the flaws that we see in each other. They can be covered over. They can be hidden. Instead of fixating on them, instead of exposing them and focusing on them, instead of living in resentment of them, we can cover them with love. Many of those things, those small irritations. We're not talking about gross, open, unrepentant sin. The Bible is very clear about how to deal with that. Uh, those who are flaunting sin and claiming to follow Christ. There's scriptures that deal with that. No, no uh, But th- those little irritations that come between you and me, that, that, that get uh, between us, instead of responding with revenge or resentment, we cover a multitude of those things with love. This decision of the will to sacrifice, to give for the good of someone else. That, that's what this is, because... The end is near. And so let me put it in this phrase. Our great priority is to stretch and strain in love enough to cover over the faults of others. That's our great priority. That's what he said, above all. So our priority, I need to stretch and strain in love to cover over those faults in other people. And and they might be even more tense in these days. Uh, the the faults and flaws that you see in those in your Bible study group or in your extended family or in your workplace. That's the priority. Strain in love to cover over those things. I when my my family, my brother and I were growing up, my mom and dad would go on car trips, the four of us together, vacation or whatever. And, you know, kids get bored and And back in my day, it wasn't a covered wagon with horses, but I mean, we didn't have the entertainment options that you have today. No phones, no DVD players, no movies. Uh, I mean, you didn't even really have the radio because when we did have a radio in the car, uh, you basically, it's hot, there's no air conditioning, the windows are down, the wind is rushing through, you couldn't hear it anyway. So what do you do when you're two kids on a car trip when you're bored, you start fighting with he looked at me. Get that. He's on my side of the seat. He spit at me. We probably drove mom and dad crazy with our antics. Um, you know, I, Amy and I, we've traveled tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of miles together, and uh, never once have we complained about she's on my side of the seat he looked at me and there's been no spitting there was spitting with my brother and i uh why is that well because now we've matured we're adults and we're focused on the objective and we know that you know it might be a little bit boring but we're going to endure because there's a greater and we might squabble a little bit over the fastest way to get there how often we need to stop but we have an objective in mind so the the squabbles have a purpose That's really the import of this text. It's it's saying, choose to love each other. Because when you do that, it's going to keep you focused on the main thing. The main thing. Choose to do that. So, how can that kind of love be expressed? Well, one of the ways the next verse gives us, verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hospitality. Something we don't practice as much anymore. It, it really means being generous to guests. Generosity to guests. Um, you know, Scripture does talk a lot about hospitality. Uh, for example, Romans twelve thirteen says being hospitable is one of the marks of a believer. You're a follower of Jesus, then it follows naturally that you're going to be a, hosp- a hospitable person. Or, Hebrews 13, 2 encourages all believers to be hospitable because you never know when one of those strangers, those guests might be an angel unaware. It's actually, hospitality is one of the, one of the requirements for elder, for church leader. So it's something that scripture encourages us to do. Now, it was much different than in the ancient world today, because when you're traveling in the ancient world, there, there, there weren't safe places to stay many times. There weren't restaurants all over the place. And so people needed to be open to, to giving hospitality to strangers. So uh, let me share with you uh, ancient hospitality code. All right, this is the ancient world, the ancient hospitality code. Uh, there are four parts to the process. Uh, first was the invitation. And so if you're a stranger, uh, you you would go wait in an open space near uh, the the village square, the well at the front gate. And and ancient hospitality was if you saw a stranger there, you would go invite them to your home. And that's what they needed. The the second part of the process was screening. So... uh, you needed to be making sure if you're issuing an invitation to someone, you, you check them out and see. Okay, is this person? Uh, do they have uh, bad intentions? Are, are they going to involve me in a multi-level marketing scheme? Or uh, what, what? What are do they? They have violence on their mind. So there's some kind of screening process, and that was especially true for Christian teachers. As they traveled from town to town, they needed a place to stay. And for a Christian teacher, they would often carry a letter of recommendation from other Christians, from a well-known Christian, from another church group. And so you'd know this person is not teaching heresy. And so once there was some screening that went on, uh, then the invitation was, was completed, and then came phase three where you provided for the Guest, you brought them into your home. You gave them food. You gave them uh, drink. You gave them protection during the night and uh, and um, sometimes entertainment. And then that brings us to part number four: departure. Maybe the most important part, in that um, basically it was that one night that you provided for the guest. Two nights was the maximum. Uh, and only if the host insisted that you stay could you stay beyond that, or if there's some other really bad circumstance. But that was the, the accepted norm. One night, maybe two, and then you departed. You li- left the home in peace. You left the household uh, well running. You you left not as a stranger, but hopefully now as a friend. That's the ancient hospitality code. So what does that look like today in our world? I mean, how how can this be... Expressed, and what does that look like in a COVID nineteen world? You now, my my mother's always been very hospitable, so so have my in laws. I mean, my, my mother's been. Uh, Gracious to guests, generous to guests our entire life. I grew up under that model, and still today at 87 years old, she's been, she invites people from her church uh, in for a meal. She invites neighbors in for a meal and for long friends uh, in and, and cares for them in a great way. Well, about the first of March or so, uh, we had some longtime friends. They've been missionaries in France for for decades, and they return to the states, and one of the first calls they're going to make is to my mom, and hey, we'd love to come see you, and of course, my mom's going to put on a meal, and she's all ready to do this, and my brother and I hear about this, and we go, no, you can't do this, you can't. These people just, we love them. They just flew in from France, and you're 87 years old. You're not going to have them in your house. And, and we didn't think she was going to listen to us. But eventually, we put on enough pressure that she said, okay, okay, she put that off. Because it just wasn't wise, it wasn't wise. But uh, such a commitment to hospitality. But w- what does that look like uh, in this world? When, when verse 9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling." Without grumbling. Um, You know, there were some, historically, some plagues that swept through the Roman Empire, uh, just devastated the Roman Empire. There was uh, one plague in uh, the year 165 AD, and then another plague in the year 251 AD. And it was just devastating one third to one half of the population wiped out in a plague. And uh, people who could get away, they left. I mean, people, if you had if you had money, that was usually the money people. They got out of town until the plague was over to save themselves. There, there's record of one physician, well-known physician. He just went to his summer place. He didn't care for anybody. He left town until the plague was over. As a physician, you know, people were so rightly so um, scared of dying in this that. Multiple times, many, many times, when a family member got the plague, they threw them out into the street and left them to die. They were trying to save themselves. So what happened in that world? Christians stepped into the gap. Christians sacrificed their own safety to care for people abandoned in the street, giving them food and water. And in many cases, those people recovered simply because they just had somebody to keep them alive. Now, some Christians died in that process. But what this did was a a tremendous testimony of the gospel. People saw these sacrificial acts of love and it convinced unbelievers that Jesus is Lord and the church flourished during that time. Now, I'm not recommending us to do unwise things, but I'm saying if we act in a way that God calls us to, if we act out of sacrificial generosity to others in whatever way God calls us to, this could be a great day for the church on the other side of this virus. Um, We'll be a better people. Now, when it tells us to offer this hospitality without grumbling, that word means to murmur, to mutter, to have secret displeasure. So in other words, whatever generosity you give to another, don't secretly despise it and grumble about it. No, and the reminder not to complain is, is just evidence that this is not an easy thing to do, and it's not always enjoyable. So, so what does hospitality look like? What, what does this kind of love look like in a... COVID-19 world. Let me just give you some very practical examples. Some practical examples. Here's one we're calling Fill the Trailer. This trailer, some of you will recognize, it's a work trailer we take on work trips, and it's parked here on our campus. And we're going to empty out this trailer this week, and uh, we're going to open that up for you to bring food and fill this trailer. And we will then take that trailer over to Cyprus Assistance Ministries to, to give. You know how desperately people are, 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 what they're doing for food these days. You've seen on the news the, the li- miles of lines of people lining up at food banks. And, and there's a great need here as unemployment rises. Now, this week we'll send out information about the kind of food that's needed, the type of food, and where this trailer will be, and the hours you can do that. And then for, for those of you who are able to bring food and fill this trailer, I hope we can fill it numbers of times over these next few weeks to take it to Cypress Assistance Ministries for those in need. Now, maybe that's not something you can do. You can't bring food or arrange to have it brought. And maybe you're thinking, well, th- that serves the community. About what, uh, about, what about our own people? Well, let me just remind you of our benevolence fund, and that 100% of that money goes to help those in need connected to Cyprus Bible Church. And so that's one of the several ways that you can give to that Benevolence Fund. So so, uh, fill the trailer, that's a practical thing. Give to the Benevolence Fund, that's another practical thing. Uh, What's something else you can do, uh, hospitality-wise, to share the love of Christ, and to to share the the hope that you have? Here's a a screenshot of one of the the, the video trainings that we have in our virtual programming tab on our website. Uh, There, uh, Tony, along with Tim and Michelle, uh, just give, it's less than 15 minutes long, about sharing your testimony, some tips about, how to do that. And there will be more training videos in the days ahead that will help you. How can you share the hope of Christ with those around you, those you're in contact with via Zoom or phone call or or at a distance of six feet or whatever? It's a practical way. And just a very practical way. You could wear a face covering when you're out in public. I mean, the CDC is still recommending this. And as people come together a little bit more but you're in a public place that that's what what you can do in in a practical way and remember this is not about protecting yourself from the virus this is about protecting others that in case you unconsciously or don't even know that you have something you pass that along to someone else that's an act of love cover your face it helps to cover with love Wherever you're going, where there are people gathered, that's a good idea. Not in your home, not when you're out exercising. Uh, um, here in the office, we keep distance from each other, spread out and keep, uh, make a wide berth when we pass in the hallway. So maybe you don't need a mask then, but that's just another practical idea. And, and overall, that, that the call here is to cover with love. How do you live for the end? Cover it with love. What does that mean? What does that look like? I I was a, a referee for basketball a number of times. The first time I ever did it was in a league of 10-year-old boys on Saturday morning. And so uh, I quickly realized, I mean, here are 10-year-old boys who many of them didn't have much of a grasp of the game at all, and um, I every second something was going wrong. I mean, they were running with the ball. Some kids didn't know, you know, two steps is all you can take. They were double dribbling. Every violation you could think of and some I'd never seen before were happening. And so I quickly realized I can't make every call. I can't blow the whistle every single time they do something wrong. I just couldn't. So uh, I realized uh, also I have the fate of the, I could make win whoever I wanted to win by what I called and what I didn't call. So I just decided I was only going to blow the whistle when it was really flagrant. Uh, like if there was no blood, no foul. If, if the kid's not crying, I'm not gonna pay much attention. If it's only three steps and not 14, I'm not gonna call traveling. Uh, whatever. I made those decisions. Now, did the parents like it? No. I was berated as a referee. He's blind. Where's your guard guide dog? And those kinds of things, and even worse things. Um, and, and but I, I didn't. Care. I mean, these parents who think their son's the next Michael Jordan or Larry Bird, uh, they they just they they lost it but I just chose I'm not going to blow the whistle every single time. Why not? Well, two reasons. One, the kids will have no fun. And two, the game will last for eight hours. Nobody wants that. Uh, I want it to be over as quickly as possible, actually. Uh, So my point is that don't make every call. When someone offends you when, you, when they've said the wrong thing, when they've used the wrong tone of voice, when they've neglected you, when they haven't done what they should have done when they promised to do it, uh, love covers a multitude of those sins. Don't blow the whistle every single time. Uh, let me put it in this word. Love stretches to cover the weaknesses of others so I can serve Jesus well right up until the end. That's what love does. It it stretches to cover the weaknesses of others. So I can serve Jesus well right up until the end of days. That's what this is calling us to. Because if I don't do that, you know what's going to happen otherwise? I'm going to be so busy having my feelings hurt and being critical and getting angry and arguing that I'm going to miss the big picture. I'm going to miss the the big objective of what God calls us to. And, and, And I won't have anything attractive to offer this world who so desperately needs Jesus. Unless I intentionally decide to have a love that covers a multitude of sins, I won't be living for the end. Will you live for the end today? Will you demonstrate a love that sacrifices, that costs you something, for the good of others, and for the glory of God. Receive this blessing as I pray. Lord, it is only because you loved us first that we can love others. Lord, right now, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, wherever you have placed us, may we have a love that covers a multitude of sins. And now may the God who is our Father bless us. May Christ the Son take care of us. May the Holy Spirit enlighten us all the days of our lives. The Lord be our defender and keeper of both body and soul, now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. All right.